Welcome to episode 49 of Australian Design Radio to provide Australia and the world with conversations and commentary on Australian design. I'm Flynn Tracy and with me as always is Matt Leach. Hello. Hello. So we say Australian design but in this episode, episode 49, we're going to break tradition again and we're going to interview another American. Yeah. This was recorded in Adobe Max when we were there. Mm. Uh, we're obviously back in Australia now. How was your flight back? It was good, straight into my bachelor party. So it was a, it was a long flight and then a long weekend. Yeah. Kind of about about. I landed in Sydney and about two hours later, I was in a go kart dressed as Princess Peach. <laughs> I saw pictures. So the contrast between the professionalism of the conference <laughs> and um and everything else that ensued there. Yeah, it was a, it was a wild ride. It was good. How's your flight? Uh, it was really good. We had a bit more holiday after after the conference. And, and you stayed at the conference for a little bit longer than I did as well. Yes. Which is where we got this audio from. Where we got this audio, so I'll get to that. Yep. But yeah, so it was, it was really good. Uh, mm. We got to travel around uh, the kind of back end of California, so Death Valley and, uh, and down to Joshua Tree, which cool. if anyone hasn't been there, it's definitely worth seeing. It's actually not where the Joshua Tree is from the U2 album. That's actually in Death Valley, which I was I was gutted by. You, right, you're clearly not gutted by. <laughs> no, I. It's always been confusing to me. I thought Joshua Tree was like a pot store or something right. from like the OC or something. I never understood the no, it's reference. A, it's, it's a type of tree, basically, right. that only grows in that particular area. But it's an amazing area, right. really amazing area. Okay. And, uh, so yeah, we got to do that. But let's talk about. So on this one, we talked to Timothy Goodman. Um, but before we get to that, I thought probably worth going through the second day of the conference a little bit yep. giving some people a little bit of an insight into what we saw uh, we got some good feedback about the dance styles one when people seem to like hearing about the first day so sure second day how right so the first day was kind of a lot about the new stuff that's happening the new tools that are coming yeah from adobe and then the second half was kind of the creativity side so inviting kind of key a myriad of keynote speakers to come and talk about their craft yeah, so and what they do. And that's how we stuff. started the day. Something yeah. just, again, in that massive sort of auditorium, 11,000 people, this very huge small. screen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we had the fashion designer, Zach Posson. Posson? Posson? Uh, war photographer, Lindsay Adario, who had the audience kind of crying and it was, it was pretty confronting stuff i guess her photography yeah the dip in our emotional roller coaster was definitely the, yeah yeah was yeah and she, she didn't she didn't uh, pull any punches it was pretty she sugarcoat it yeah yeah so and then we had experimental sculptor janet eckelman hmm what do you think of this i think i said this to somebody else i need to um i learned a lesson in judging a book by its cover yeah uh she uh she kind of came out in this colorful dress kind of looked like uh what i would profile as an interior um i don't know a yeah. hobbyist interior decorator that kind of turned up to <laughs> i don't know and started rearranging my furniture I when i allowed her to come <laughs> to my house or something larger than life and everything but damn she ramped it up oh man so i mean and you know i think she started off showing that she couldn't get into art school and so when she couldn't get into art school and this is obviously quite a long time ago mm. she went off to bali and and just you know practiced art by herself and and she showed some of the work and i was like uh, i'm not i'm not feeling this yeah and i was kind same. of questioning why adobe had her on the stage and i thought it was going to be a little bit like you know if you just push through you know you, people come around to your style mm. but what it was really about was just more how 
she evolved and she almost showed us like year by year kind of how she evolved and started getting into sculpture and yeah like every single one of her projects was a st- was a step up and you know got to the end and she was creating these enormous installations across yeah it's kind of like large-scale knitted nets i guess they're affected by wind and now she sort of projects stuff onto them as well yeah and she like did some stuff with with google and everything to put in to make it interactive so it was pretty breathtaking pretty mind-blowing yeah Yeah. Uh, it was just you know amazing to see that evolution it really brought home that idea that you know if you do want to do something you just got to keep doing it questioning it questioning yourself and you know just Mm. keep pumping it out i guess you missed this but the after party uh they had a giant one of her sculptures that she'd made especially for the conference pretty great above one of the bars and it was um it was just so incredibly impressive like the way it moved in the wind and the projections that they were putting on it 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 created this really amazing atmosphere Mm. anyway so after her we got to see quentin tarantino yeah i like him yeah yeah he's such an interesting character and i like most of his movies as well some of them I love so so he said he's only ever going to do 10 movies and he's already done 8 yeah so I I mean yeah yeah we're getting into TMZ territory but he was yeah he was talking <laughs> about I mean I always thought it was a rumour he's only going to do 10 movies yeah but that was one of the questions she the, the interviewer asked him straight up is it true that you're only doing 10 movies and he's like yep so he's, he's done 8 so there's 2 more and yeah. then he wants and then he wants to retire which is an interesting way to look at a career I guess so like if yeah. we said we're doing 100 episodes, that's it. It kind of changed what... We're on issue 49. Yeah. Episode 49. <laughs> exactly. So. It'd change the way you think about it, wouldn't it? Or you can only do, you're can only you only doing 20 more design projects. I always... There was a story I read when I was very young and it was about a guy who was told the day that he would die and how he would die. And there was oh, yeah. nothing he'd be able to do to stop it. And He could kill himself. Well, no, even, even then. So he tried that. Oh, and right. It didn't work. Okay. So. All right. He's ahead of me. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. So, but... The nice thing about it was after he kind of, you know, rallies against it, I guess, he comes to accept it. And he actually, it was a really freeing thing for him because he knew right. he could do anything and he wouldn't die. He couldn't be affected by it until that actual date. Right. So it was actually a really inspiring story. Hmm. How do we get onto that? I don't know. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino takes us. It's a Tarantino twist. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So the rest of the day was uh, talks. I got and saw so many talks they kind of started to blend together i guess a little bit you got to see the, the simpsons conference the conference thing right yeah, true. yeah happens a little bit well i got to see david silverman who's the director of the simpsons or a lot of simpsons episodes it was like a press only conference as well yeah? was it a press only I'm, it why? was in the press area so. it was awesome yeah it was like highlight for me i mean i'm a simpsons fanatic he sort of spoke kind of very casually like he wasn't prepared he didn't have slides or anything he just kind of was talking about the simpsons clearly something he does very very easily off the cuff kind of just kind of having a chat and i loved it (laughs) because he said stuff i'd never heard of or read anywhere before and they kind of asked if there's any questions my hand shut up and i just asked him (laughs) about three or four questions about the simpsons because no one else put their hand up there was a lot of international apac press and everything and i don't know it's just something about the simpsons humor i hope you stood up and said uh flynn tracy from adr no i didn't no god no he um but we he did meant he did talk about spider pig and sung the spider pig song and all sorts of stuff yeah kind of told us the story behind it and some episodes and he mentioned one episode um and i was like yeah treehouse of horror five and he's like yeah that's right i was like i know so that was that was quite good yeah, but he did tell us where um is it, is where they changed. Is that when they escorted you off the yeah, stage? Yeah, yeah, in chains, just <laughs> getting taken out. We actually had to run away and uh, do the uh, an interview. Yeah, 
But yeah, I, th- I thoroughly enjoyed it. One of the questions I asked was going from analog to digital. And he told us that, that was the Treehouse of, of Horror answer. And it was the, if anyone is a Simpsons fan like I am, uh, the multiple homers one where he's cloning himself. Yep. And so the reason that they did that and they did all the episodes in that Treehouse of Horror, so there's three episodes in one, was because they could. Oh, right. So that was an episode that they'd had in their kind of third drawdown. And they busted it all out because they said to hand do all that would have been a nightmare. Right. And that's why we were, we were just basically experimenting with the, the new format, the new digital format where you can oh. cut and paste homers and move them around and generates live and all that sort of stuff. So what I don't understand is what they were, they showed a little bit in, in one of the keynotes, this idea that they were animating live. Yeah, I think that was a specific program. So right. I, think, I think they program in actions and animations into one of the 3d programs which i can't i don't know what it, i don't know what it is off the top of my head but he could press f and then he would smile and then you press o and he might say O, or he might laugh oh, okay. if you press another button so you could create all these different commands and but would animate it on screen right and the idea was that i think it plugged into their voice recognition technology and oh. as you talk you could talk as Bart, and he would animate as well and do oh. little animations and stuff wow pretty okay. wild yeah so we also did a whole bunch of interviews that day, which leads us to Timothy Goodman. Yeah. Now, I know surprisingly not many Australians seem to know a lot about Tim. Yep. But they, I think they should. And absolutely, and internationally, he's uber famous. Yeah. He's yeah. never been to Australia, but no, there's probably. a hope that one of the conference organizer friends that we have might. Yeah, hit him up. Him. Murray, he actually knows about semi permanent. So, you know, there's there's your opening. Anyway, someone bring him out here. Yeah, yeah, he was good. When I talk to people, the easiest way to introduce him is probably to mention 40 Days of Dating, which he did with Jessica Walsh. Did you know that 40 Days, the site, actually has had 15 million unique views? Really? That's, I mean, that's just mind-blowing, yeah? Hmm. 15 million. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it, it surprised them, but it kind of gave, like, definitely him the kind of kickstart to his career. Yeah. And I, and I guess that's what I really like about him is... There's this almost sort of scientific exploration in his work where he doesn't really know what's going to happen. Mm. He kind of does it anyway. It's kind of that innocent, but also quite disruptive. And and he seems really interested in kind of finding out why people, including himself, feel the way they feel. And he keeps on questioning and kind of looking deeper. There's a really great talk that he did at Adobe Max, which we'll put in the show notes uh, that everyone should check out. It's, uh, It's quite biographical. But it's worth sort of looking in and kind of trying to understand, like, you know, where he's sort of coming from. Anyway, before 40 Days, which is kind of like a bookend in some ways, his background is he worked for Apple, uh, Simon & Schuster, and Collins. And I, I didn't know about Collins. Have you heard of them? No. So they're a, a New York and San Francisco studio, really super experimental. But since 40, he's done, like, another large project with Jessica called The 12 Kinds of Kindness which was a year-long project which is coming to a close which saw them create 12 steps, one per month, that they, I guess, looked at ways that they could become kinder or more empathetic people. And as you expect, it got pretty deep. Um, And we get into a little bit of that in the interview. Mm. One of their most recent parts of that was the Trump Loves Trump campaign, which they did in support of Hillary and trying to get people to vote. Whoops. Hey, they tried. I was there for the election. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. We were there for the Cubs winning too. That was great. That was, we that was positive. Cubs, yeah. That was a positive. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were actually in Joshua Tree and so kind of away from it. But it was such a shock what happened, I guess. It's just um, we didn't have reception for a lot of it, which was kind of a blessing and a curse. 
because we were kind of overhearing other people's conversations and trying to piece together what was happening. Yep. And I think that whole election is like that kind of, I mean, you know, the truths and the non-truths just got all mixed up together. And so mm. I think we were just, we spent the whole night being very confused. Anyway, back to Tim. So he runs his own studio. He's, it's really the personal projects that he's known for. His projects are incredibly honest, sometimes to the point of making you feeling pr- pretty awkward, I guess. Like you've accidentally read something from someone's personal diary. Right. He's got like a super impressive 100,000 Instagram following. And this is kind of where he shows his writing. He's got this project called Insta Therapy, another project called Memories of a Girl, where he kind of releases brutally kind of insightful insights into his thinking uh, using his kind of lettering, although he doesn't really like to call it lettering, just kind of writing. Finally, the last thing that's probably worth knowing is like most of his work is done with a Sharpie pen, uh, which led to him writing the book The Sharpie Art Workshop. Uh, and that's kind of what he was there at Adobe Max for. He did the he did the talk, but he also did a workshop all about Sharpies, which I heard was really good. Hmm. Now, before we jump into the audio, isn't as great as it normally is in the studio. Yeah, it's the same place that we record the Dan Styles one, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's still pretty thought provoking what he talks about. So I, we really wanted to sort of get it out there and. Yeah, well, I mean, when when you brought it, when you brought it back and we kind of gave it a listen, what he says is really good, and the other audio is not very good. So we just you kind of dialed back the questions and everything and it's all just about you know the good audio the good answers and what tim timothy talks about yeah which i thought which i thought was fantastic because i wasn't there so so you had to fly off yeah so we got frankie ratford in yeah so tdk frankie ratford episode one of strange design radio yeah. frankie ratford came good, in and good friend s- stepped in and filled my shoes which was which was weird but i'm really glad she was there because she um she knew tim a little bit so there was um there's rapport happening. Yeah. She had some insights there, which was great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tim talks a lot about design being a practice and not a profession, mm. which I think is really interesting. It's that kind of shift in mindset that's, I guess, motivating on some levels. I guess it changes the perception of what you can and can't do as a designer. Rather than talk about it, should we just get into it? Yeah. Yeah. I hope you enjoy the episode and let us know what you think about having um, a couple of Americans on. Enjoy. I'm feeling good. <laughs> I feel like everyone's knackered. They're just like kind of I walking know. around like zombies. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, I don't know. I haven't really done much except to give a talk yesterday. I'm just oh. tired because I've been traveling a lot. Right. So where, where have you been recently? And like, what what does your week by week look like now? Because I imagine, I mean, what, what are you now? Are you a graphic designer or art director, illustrator? Kind of, have you transcended? Uh, well, I mean, I've certainly, I, I think all of us kind of um, transcend in some form or fashion because of where, you know, we, I think whatever you go to school for, you end up kind of not necessarily pursuing that exact direction. So I think it's interesting to, to see how we all flourish in different ways from year to year. Uh, I've been traveling a lot recently because I do, well, because I, I do uh, speak a lot at conferences. Yeah. And I do give a lot of workshops at conferences and schools and stuff, um, but also because of all the mural work I've been doing the last couple of years as well. Uh, so both of them kind of have me on, you know, for the speaking stuff in the workshop and the, and the mural work, it's had me on the road a lot. Uh, I quite like being on the road and doing that and because I get, I get a lot of, um, it's something that I've been thinking a lot about when it comes to our work as visual communicators. Yeah. Uh, or whatever you want to call us, 
but at the end of the day, it is for people, yeah. you know? Whether you're an illustrator or graphic designer, or typographer, or art director, or if you branch into doing uh, art or something. Yeah. At the end of the day, it is for people. And so how, how, do, you th how do you think about your role and, and when it comes down to that and how you're actually talking to just people, not other designers, not people you want to impress, but people. They're the, they're the ones who are handling the product and they're the ones that are, in a sense, living with it. You know, my, I had an old boss that used to say, you know, don't sell a product, you know, make some, create something that someone has to live with, you know? And I think about that, especially with the, a lot of the murals that I do and stuff because it's, you know, whether I'm doing a permanent installation somewhere or even the, 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 the writing I do on Instagram and stuff, like it's, once I do it, it's gone in a way. It's gone from my hands. Yeah, yeah. And it's some, someone else owns something about that. It's like your favorite song, you know? Like you, you bring on your own associations yeah. with that. The songwriter might have had a whole different idea, but you, you and I think I love that, yeah. that aspect of creating. How does it work so. with the murals and the um, conferences? Is that you get asked to speak and then the murals are kind of secondary to that? Or is it kind of one or the other? Oh, no, it's generally one or the other. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm getting, because I've, well, when it comes to the murals I've been doing, it's been kind of in two or three fashions. Like, it's been uh, doing permanent murals, installations, whether it's for, you know, I just did uh, three major murals inside a new Target store. So very corporate. Wow. Or I do, you know, I might do mural, like I was just in San Francisco last week doing a, a permanent mural in um, like an office, an agency. But then I also get asked to do a lot of live installations and murals where I'll do those at different like conventions, not design really, I mean like, uh, like I've done them, um, I'll do live drawing I've done at like um, coffee convention in Milan. Or uh, I've done live drawing, like I was just in Vegas a couple of weeks ago, doing it at a for, for Visa at a uh, money event. It's like Money 2020 <laughs> or something. And so stuff like that is pretty good. Or I've, you know, I'll do live events for, I just did one for Andes Hotel here. Uh, I did it in New York. It was like a launch party they were having. And so I'm kind of like this spectacle on the side, he's drawing live, you know? And, they, and it's been interesting to see how that's been catching on more and more and people have been hiring me to do that. Because these brands, they, they just kind of, you know, I did it for Jägermeister over the summer, you know? And it's just like, you're just kind of, uh, you know, people take pictures, people, in, you know, um, people talk to you. It's like a, it, it's a performance in some sense. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting too. Is so. that all through Instagram, do you think? Are you getting those jobs? I'm definitely getting a lot of work through Instagram, yeah. I mean, a lot of people Nearly tell 100K. me... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of people tell me that they found me through Instagram and saw yeah. my work, or they follow me, you know, and so they wanted, you know, they hired me for those reasons. So it's pretty interesting. And also the, the whole, like, quote-unquote influencer thing that comes in with all of this now, that's so interesting and... Obviously, I think all of us kind of hate it in one regard, but then on the other hand, it's like a fact of life in this world at a sense. So it's kind of like, that's really interesting too, because now like, I've 
and I have no qualms about any of it. I'm a total sellout. Like, I'm all for it. Like, sure. Like, I have to like the product, of course. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to do something. That's what I consider selling out. Okay. But if you're going to, like, you know, if you want to partner with me for this, you know, this hat company, whatever, and it's like, hell yeah. Like, I want the free hat, and I'll pay, to, uh, and you could pay me to, to wear it on Instagram. Sure. I mean, I would post it anyways. Yeah. So I think that's all really in interesting, too. But at the end of the day, all the, any, it's like anything. It's like, it's like what you're doing right now. You still need to fill a quota. You still need guests. Yeah. They need to have someone in their thing. Someone has to have an interview. Someone has to have, they have to fill the speaking list here. At the end of the, like, I don't know. Like, it's not that serious. You know, I don't know. I, I just mean that, like, like, no one's really special. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the same time, so you know. No, no superstar designer. Well, I don't, I don't know what you mean by that one. <laughs> hey, I wanted to ask you about Barcelona. Yeah. So cool shit. Yeah, they're great. What are, what, tell me what they're up to at the moment. Because I saw something a few years ago they were doing with the little, like, trailer thing that they painted and they had, like... I actually don't know. I don't, I mean, I just know, I just love the stuff that they, that they, they make. they like, a, a like, clothing range, right? Yeah, yeah, I just know about the, all the clothes they do. And the, and the guys there, they're, uh, Dave's guy, no, he's amazing. He's so cool. Um... I don't know much beyond just like the, the cool like shit playing. that they make. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I've been fortunate to meet those guys because I've been in Barcelona a couple times in the last year and he's given me some cool stuff. He gave me some crying Drake socks, which are <laughs> so awesome. And um, he's given me, uh, or I bought some, I bought a pizza shirt. That's so, yeah, all the, sh all the they're just making cool shit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, those guys are awesome. Where's the uh, best place you've been this year? My, I've traveled everywhere in the past year. You it's go been to Morocco, insane. Like, no, me and Gemma were actually we were in the Philippines. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Spoke at a conference. Um, I've been to Dubai. Oh, the Dubai one. Is yeah. What I'm thinking of. yeah. I've been to Barcelona a couple times. Um, Australia? No, I haven't been to Come Australia. On, yeah, I know. Doing? We need to get you over. I know. I would have also New Zealand, like semi-permanent and all that stuff. Is that still yeah, a yeah. thing? Yeah. 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 That's from Sydney. So yeah. Matt used oh. To be involved in that. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I've always wanted to do that. I've never. To get married to Goya. Yeah, I would love to yeah. to yeah, talk about the possibilities. Let's do it. <laughs> but you know, and and it's something I've been thinking a lot too about all this, all of this. You know, when I was just talking about how we all in this industry, everyone has to fill some sort of slot in a yeah. sense. I mean, I'm obviously I'm obviously looking at it from a macro point of view. I don't mean to like down, you know, like to, but it's true. Like you know, and you know, we're talking about these conferences, something I, you know, I just tweeted out the other day about how I've been, um, the more I've been getting asked to do this, the more I've been challenging people about, well, okay, are there enough women on the speakers list with me? Are there enough people of color being represented? You know, like, that's something that we need to, you know, white designers, especially white designers with followings who get asked to do all these things, need to be challenging ourselves and the people around us about this more and more, um, especially when it comes down to like conferences. I mean, I think obviously Adobe and places like this are going to do a really good job about balancing all that. But I think a lot of these kind of conferences, it's like where they have 10 people or something yeah. and you get asked and then you go and then you find out, you know, you realize you're like, oh, there's like one token woman and one <laughs> token black person and whatever. And it's like, it's lazy, you know? It's like, uh, we, so I, I tweeted this out the other day and it was a long, big discussion about it, which was, 
um, I felt really important and Jessica Hish was in on that talking about it and she was saying how that's lazy curation, you know, and I really, I really believe that as well. And so for all of us who all, for, for everyone who, you know, who's playing a part in this game, I think it's, yeah. there's a responsibility. You know, and I didn't, and I'm not saying I'm perfect or anything. Like, I didn't always think this way or I just, you know, I didn't, you know, I think that it's, it's easy to be lazy about it and not think about it, you know, and I think, but I think it's, it's time that that stops, so. And how, how are they, when you challenge that, how are they responding? Generally, it's been always really good. Yeah. You know, and, and it's not always a, and it, it's not to be toxic or be negative. No. It's like, it's just to say, because I, I don't know the speaker. I'm just asking up front, are you doing it? And then they'll say, oh, yes, we're, and then they'll, you know. They quickly scoring. They already, yeah. or they already had, you know, they're already good about it. It's not to say that they're not everyone's doing it, but, um, but recently, like, I was able to help that out. I felt on one, one, one example of being asked, and then I was kind of like, and then I sent over a whole bunch of lists of names, people that I thought were awesome. And so, yeah. So another of your titles, I guess, that people know you as, is like an author. So yeah. obviously you're pushing the Sharpie book at the moment. I don't know if I'm pushing that. Yeah, I was a little old. Sorry, pushing is the wrong way. I was pushing it like a year or so ago. Yeah. That's, that's the book that's out. That's the latest, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you got any more books coming? I don't have any more books. Um, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I was kind. Of, I'm kind of booked out at really? the moment because because we did the 40 days book, yeah. and then we did that for six months or something, and then like literally right from there, I went to the Sharpie book for another six months. Yeah. Kind of even the Sharpie book, it's like only 130 pages, but that they just take so much time, yeah. and this the the 40 days book was like 304 pages or something. And it's like when you think about every page, you know, whether it's pulling, finding images, finding content, finding people, writing it all, you know, it just takes forever to come together. And so I think after that, I was a little burned out with it. So, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I have any, like, I would, I mean, I would love to do another book, but I don't have any ideas yet. (laughs) So the last few years, murals, conferences. Uh, personal projects. Yeah. What do you think is coming in the next three years? Well, definitely more self-initiated work. Yeah. You know, my relationship with Jessica and um, Jessica Walsh, uh, and you know, we've done now several four, four or five projects together, yeah. pretty pretty back to back over the last three years, and I think our relationship is pretty special. Um, the creative relationship we have and the way we push each other, and what we both bring to the table, and I think that we we both want to continue. We want to continue to, to yeah. keep working together. Uh, I think that, you know, we did this project 12 Kinds of Kindness that took over a year. Um, so then we were a little burned out after that because yeah. then we, you know, we just finished launching that back in the spring or in March and April. So I think uh, it's a lot of stuff going on. It's been yeah. a lot of stuff. Yeah. So just taking taking easy. I don't know. I don't really right now. There's no um, there's nothing. There's no big plan. Yeah, I wonder, like what the next like kind of trend is in because you're right at the forefront of it. Of, like, Do you think so? I don't know. Yeah. Of what? Of, I think like all the young designers are looking up at these personalities that are coming through, and like, yeah. most yeah. of you guys are in New York, like you and Jessica, huh. and like yeah. Wade and Lita, and, yeah. um, 
I think. It was like the Rat Pack. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you guys are the new heroes coming through. Like when we do exhibitions, we ask the students who they want to be with. And yeah. And it's like very much tears. So mm-hmm. you've got like the 60 year olds that you kind of like, yeah. They're yeah. like really iconic, but they're still Polish really hair or something. Yeah, yeah. Not Paula, I love uh, Paula. Yeah. <laughs> but like other people. Well, I just mean like, she's an icon yeah, in that yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Just... And then you've got that like 45 year olds where it's, you know, established studios that you kind yeah. of know really well. And then you've got the like the late young. 20s, early 30s yeah. where they're really kind of just going off doing their thing. Like no yeah. one would have done 40 days of dating yeah. 10 years ago. No, I mean, mean, so there's all these new trends coming through. Well, the internet is so, I mean, obviously it's a wild, wild west in a sense for every industry in that sense. So, and that's what's been interesting for Jessica and I with some of the projects we've done because it's like, we do feel like uh, there's no real like uh, measure to anything, you know, we're kind of like creating this stuff where like, well, I don't know any, like it's kind of. I'm not saying it's like completely original, but I just mean that there's just like it's sometimes it's it's throwing us off too because we feel well, I don't know I don't, we don't know what to do we don't know how to how to exactly bring it in because it's like because it's such an internet-based project and it's such a um, it's it's a web reality web storytelling in some sense you know um, so it's been interesting and all the uh, the Instagram art that I've done over the past two years, my memories of a girl I never knew series and um, all the other writing and instant therapy stuff I write. That's been a lot, so much fun because it just, it just brings it down to what I was saying earlier about that this is for people and the ability to try to tap into the human experience is so amazing. And like, how do you just connect to another human being through your work or through anything? It's just so important, I think. I think the honesty in your work really comes through with that. Like yeah. when you talk yesterday, people take that and run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, being able to connect through Instagram is actually quite hard because it is very yeah, kind I mean, of curated. And, exactly. Yeah. So I think to be honest and kind of break through that way is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and it's just, um, I don't know, it's just, I've, I've found it to be really exhilarating yeah. to be able to talk about these things and have those dialogues. Um, funny that Instagram is now the platform. Like, yeah. It's now not the platform, but the project in itself. That, that is it. It just is. It's yeah. just an Instagram project. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it can live out. I mean, I sell prints, or I've had turned them into murals or shows or something, but it, it, yeah, they generate it comes. But yeah. it's funny that that's the central part now. But it's also interesting for anyone, right? Like, since we all are connected and we all have, uh, you know, we're all on several platforms. It's like everyone, a lot of people have different audiences for different platforms yeah. or you have more followers for something else or those people I know who have whatever, like 200,000 Instagram followers and have 1,000 Twitter followers. And then there's people the exact opposite yeah. who have this strong Twitter presence, but don't, but they may be more, you know, they, they might not be as visual people or something. And so they don't have like a strong Instagram presence. So it's interesting how, how that all kind of. What are the different Works Tim personalities on different channels? Ah. Like, what do you kind of put on Instagram over? I think I'm definitely much more uninhibited on Instagram. Yeah. I'm definitely like not not afraid to like but it's just. It's so beautifully curated. Oh, my feed? Yeah, my feed. I just yeah. It kills me. That's just like a. That's just the <laughs> trick. To yeah. yeah well, it's a thing. well, you know, that's just to like ring someone in. Yeah. It's like they go there and it's like, you know, oh, that's, that's cool. I'll maybe I'll follow this guy. And then I'll try to hit you with the. <laughs> <laughs>
versus Twitter? Like, I haven't even seen your Twitter. I'm not a Twitter person at all. Yeah. So. Uh, Twitter, I'm, I'm, I mean, I would definitely tweet. I definitely lo love Twitter. I'm not like a... Um, there's people that I admire on Twitter that are just like, know how to kill it. And they what just... I don't know. They're, I think I feel like it's the equivalent of how I feel on Instagram, where I'm not afraid to talk about anything. There's people that I follow on Twitter who can really, they, they really know how to, um, to articulate what they want to say in, in such a s short way. Obviously, because we don't have as many. And they, I don't know. And their audience, they have an audience for that too. They've built up an audience to be able to talk about these things. Where I think I feel like I built up an, an audience on Instagram to be able to talk about certain things. But my, t I don't feel like my Twitter audience kind of like I don't feel like it translates the same way. Yeah. I, do, I also feel like the Twitter thing is much more. It's easy to get very toxic fast. People get into arguments. People like assume things quickly. I don't know. It's an interesting on dynamic. Yeah, on Twitter. You're a I feel like guy. it's very. I, I, I feel like I can get negative on Twitter yeah. easily. Do you feel I, that way? Well, I know. I feel like I'm late to everything. Like, I just got into Twitter and then and then Frank is like, man, you should be on Instagram. <laughs> That's hilarious. So I'll get on the Snapchat just as it's yeah, coming just out. A, yeah. <laughs> Snapchat's dying, right? Instagram stories? Probably, right? Yeah. I still like Snapchat, though. Okay. I guess I kind of just like it for the faces. Yeah. But <laughs> once Instagram gets the faces. Yeah. We're all screwed. Yeah. I was telling Matt about your Valentine's Day project. Oh, yeah. 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 Did you say 600 illustrations in one day? Yeah, I did 600. Well, the goal was to do, at the time, I had 1,150 Twitter followers. And so the goal was to try to, to make every single one a unique Valentine. And I, and I was going to try to do that for 12 hours on Valentine's Day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I wasn't able to do that. I was able to do about 600. So I had all these tech, technical problems and whatnot and uploading issues. So. Right. But I wanted to really make it unique for every person like us. So I'd go through my list and just respond to like their bio or their photo or their Twitter handle and just do something quick and easy and witty and yeah. just send it to them. But it was amazing to have a kind of, because the bookends where I'm at now too. And like I didn't, like I had just quit my job back then. I That was the first time I'd ever done anything that what was just, was that? that was in, like well, quit five years ago, 2012. Yeah. It was Valentine's Day, 2012, yeah. February. Yeah, so How many followers do you have now? on Twitter, yeah, um, I think I have like twenty-seven or something, or twenty not doing that. or something. <laughs> no, I can't. I cannot <laughs> make a Valentine's Day. No, which would be interesting. Make it a year-long project. Yeah, have to do every new person you get. So with your um, side projects, not really side projects, they're kind of such a huge part of what you do. Yeah. What's on the table next? Have you got like a load of ideas that you're like, should we do this? Kind of. That? Yeah. I mean, me and Jessica have, we're like going to meet again soon. Yeah. We kind of have these meet, meets yeah. over alcohol and talk about what we're interested in or what's bothering us or what. What's your drink of yeah. choice? Uh, I'm a whiskey guy. Nice. Or I'm, a, or I'm just a nice, I'm just good beer. Yeah. Just a solid IPA. Yeah. Um, Jessica's wine. Yeah. She likes whiskey though. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty badass. <laughs> she definitely likes straight whiskey. So uh, you kind of talk about what's happening in the world and like yeah. what you're passionate about and Yeah, just kind of like what, what we've been thinking about. Yeah. What are the things that have been kind of like I mean obviously like, like the last six months it was all about the election and stuff and that's why we made this new thing. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah. yeah. And so that's why we kinda of created this other voting initiative recently. Because um, yeah. that's what obviously it's so much going on with that. Here in the states so yeah just to kind of meet and 
talk about, I mean, 12 Kinds of Kindness was so robust in that sense that it was like 12 different projects. Yeah. We went from everything from mental health to fatherlessness to Donald Trump to helping strangers. Um, so we covered a lot of ground, I guess, in a sense, about a lot of our fears and habits and lot and stuff in our lives. But I think there's more for sure. I think what you guys do well is kind of like contain the project. Yeah. Like that's really hard to do. A lot of people have self-initiated projects and they start and exactly. it kind of drags out and where's the boundaries and how do you promote it? Whereas yeah. you guys are very solid at going, this is what we're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then highly executing well, it. Well, it's like, like for anything, if you... It's like any client work you get, right? You're going to have parameters and, and rules you have to go through. Yeah. So it's important for us to kind of like set that in some, some sense. Something we have to like, some structure to it all. That is what I think is interesting. And also we like, like to call them experiments in a sense because experiment, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, yeah, you, you don't know what the of, outcome is. Yeah, you put the outline out and then... You just put out. the out, you put the little structure there and it's like, all right, now what's going to happen? Yeah. And so... That's why we like to call them kind of experiments in that sense. Is it, which ones surprise you the most? Like specifically? Mm. I would say, I mean, I, I mean, for different reasons. I mean, 12 Kinds of Kindness was probably for both of us our favorite thing we've ever done because it was the most gruesome. It was the most painful, yeah. but we learned the most right. in a sense. I mean, just the things we did where I went and met my biological father for the first time. I've never met him my whole life, you know, and to go meet him. And to use that as a prompt to do that, it helped me with my fear, you know. And, and, for, her, and for Jessica to tackle her mental health issues that she's had in the past, you know, and to talk about that and open up a platform for others to talk about that yeah. and stuff like that um, was really powerful and profound in our lives, you know. Um, now, 40 Days of Dating, I think for a whole different reason, was the most surprising uh, just because of how it took off. We hadn't, you know, just didn't have any idea. I mean, that was, I mean, took off more than anything I've ever even would think would take off. I mean, definitely, and 12, 12 Kinds of Kindness, we didn't make it thinking, we knew that it wasn't going to be something that would go quote-unquote viral, you know, and it wasn't about that. Uh, but 40 days, we had no idea. I mean, it was the first time we had ever done anything like that. And so I had no idea that it was going to all of a sudden, you know, be in front of everyone yeah. across, you know, the world or something. Like, what's your, it's like, pretty crazy. work, like, personal work balance? Like, not balance, Yeah, like, time-wise? Like, no, your boundaries. Like, oh. You're obviously sharing so much. Well, I think because of 40 days of dating, when we did that, there, it, 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 it was a point of no return after that. Yeah, everyone knows everything. <laughs> it was just like, nah, I was like, all right, I'm going to start do writing, you know. Yeah, you know, just, you know, start talking about, it was just like, it was, you, you kind of just throw out the baby with the bathwater, as they say. But there must be some things that you hold back. Sure, I mean, I think, so. yeah. I know, you're no, trying to get really interesting, no, because yeah. I feel like the same, because I'm like on the road, I feel like that line is always really blurry. Yeah. Um, and kind of, you're like, is this work or is it play? I don't know. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. fun and these are my friends, but technically it's work. It's so, work, yeah. Yeah, I wonder with you, even more extreme, because well, I think it's just all the, your projects based around that. I think it's just times where we, where you, the time you make out, you carve for yourself, yeah. whatever that is, you know? I think that's the, the, the stuff that is sacred. So it's like... Do you have much time? Like, you're obviously on the move so much. Do you kind of block out chunks? Yeah. I mean, I don't do anything like... Uh, I've I'm kind of just always been a worker yeah. in that sense. I mean, 
So what I was doing, saying at the Q and A yesterday is like, uh, like I used to work as a house painter. My, I love that part of the story. <laughs> and my it's late kind of like teens. Full and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like, I was like a laborman. Like, I used to like haul buckets of wallpaper glue and stuff up. And I, so, well, it's twofold because on one hand, I think that it bookends all the mural work I do and the physicality that I do with my client work. But I also think that, I don't know, it's important to to be grateful for what we're doing. I mean, we're all we're all pretty lucky and privileged to be doing what we're doing yeah. in this industry. Yeah. And so I think it's like, I don't know. So I don't sweat it too much. Yeah, just ride the wave. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. See yeah. yeah. So. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, of course. See you in Australia. <laughs> yes, I hope let's so. I know, please, let's do it. And unfortunately, we had to leave it there. I felt like I could have kept on asking more and more questions, but there was... There was like a line of people waiting right. to talk to him. Yeah, pretty popular dude. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's super impressive. Like, he's got so much. He's got this real energy thing that kind of goes. Like, he was kind of he's he was sort of tapping the table, and he was very aware of his kind of surroundings, and he's super quick. Like, with his, his I guess his thought process. Yeah. Uh, the nice thing was, you know, afterwards, uh, I think me, Frankie, Gemma uh, hooked up with him, and we all went to dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was which was super great. So I, I kind of got to like chat to him a little bit more. I was a bit starstruck by that point, a bit tired. So yeah. just drank my beer and ate my tacos. But yeah, so it was it was nice to kind of hang out and kind of you know, hear a little bit more about his process and and particularly see the kind of um, I guess the friendship between him and Gemma, who they've uh, they've been on quite a few like tours, I guess, right. uh, of um, conventions and that kind of stuff. And massive respect for each other and and what they do. So yeah, it was great. Really good to see. Cool. Excellent. So, if you're interested, you should definitely check out more of his stuff on his Instagram following. I mean, just type in Timothy Goodman and you will find everything you need to find about him. Yeah. His Instagram is just Timothy Goodman. Yeah. So, nice he's probably there on day one. There is a Timothy Goodman that's some sort of musician or something from the 50s. Right. So just be aware of that, I guess. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's like this perfectly curated Instagram feed, so it's beautiful. Um but yeah, that's probably a good place to start. Yep. Or it's just tgoodman.com. Where do people find you? Leechworth on Twitter. Yeah, you always say that so dejected. I know, well, <laughs> because I just, I, I don't, I'm not doing a great job on it. And I don't know. Instagram seems to be the place to be. <laughs> you know, people telling me Snapchat. Yeah. yeah. Developing my own thing. Yeah, yeah creating your own one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm at Flynn Tracy on just about everything. And you can follow this show and more at ausdesignradio.com, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud at AUSDesignRadio. Thanks, Timothy, and thank you, Matt. Thank you.